Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host Renee Hirano along with Amy Younggren. In this week's episode, Amy and I are going to chat about classroom community. Today we thought we'd talk a little bit about building classroom community. Um, it, it's often the first thing we think about at the beginning of a new school year or a beginning of a new um, semester, quarter. There's many different weeks we take a, take a breath and and reflect and start over. And it occurred to us that, you know, one major overarching question here that's been for the last year is, is there a difference now in community, in building a classroom community in our current environment um, from what it used to be? And talk a little bit about what are some of the challenges, Renee, I'm going to ask you to kind of think about this and then we'll bounce some ideas back and forth, but what are some challenges that we've seen over the last year to building our classroom community as, as with what we're given now? Yeah. Um, you know, even as you were saying that, I was thinking about all the times we're like, this week's a new week and right. Start, right? Like it's all, every day is a new day, right? That's what I was pointing to. Yeah. Um, but I think you're totally right. So I would say, um, I see a couple of challenges that I, or as I saw them in the beginning as challenges of building classroom community. And the first was being in a remote setting. Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of listeners can really relate to this being remote some of the time, all of the time, part of the time. And just that being a a completely new experience um, for the school year, you know, starting out the school year is, you know, usually you have that sort of set routine in your mind of, activities that you do and ways you get to know your kids and you know even that thing of labeling all their things and labeling their spot and making a seating chart right and so I think you know being remote this year um, building classroom community in the remote setting has definitely been a challenge um, Mm -hmm. for for me this year Um, and in my experience this year I have been teaching completely online. And so, you know, it has been on my mind a lot about, and I'm still developing it and I'm still working on how sure. to build community in my classroom. Sure. And I, I, one of the things you said along with the remote setting is there are some listeners who you've had a completely remote year. And then there are some listeners that are bouncing in and out between remote setting in person, not even knowing week to week, which setting they'll be in. So um, creating that community in a remote setting and also being able to bounce back and forth. Right. Like this whole hybrid, right? Like having two communities at the same time, right? Many right. teachers have had that where they've had online learners right. and in-person learners at the same time. So building that community when some are in front of you and some are not. The point. Yeah. I think also building um, classroom community when you have, and when I know all the teachers have had added on to them, mm-hmm. this other, this other part of cleaning protocols and safety protocols, and you know how to best keep themselves and their students safe, which is we know teachers' number one's priority. And so I think another challenge has been this added amount of procedures. Schools have a million procedures as it is. Right and now we've added this next layer onto those procedures. And so I know for teachers, that's been another way, another barrier, so to speak, of, you know, building classroom community when we stay six feet apart and you teach second grade and some kids <laughs> or kindergarten or you teach older grades where kids may need proximity. Kids may need you near them. Right. And so I think that has also contributed to the 
uh, some struggles in building community. Right. And then is there, is there this overarching stress looming for teachers about how effective they're going to be in that? And is there overarching stress for our kids, no matter what age, kindergarten to high school, you know, that am I going to be able to keep my kids safe? Do I have the resources that I need to, to, to do this the way I need to do it? And so I think we're all kind of walking in and out of each day with this, I don't know, stress or um, fear looming over us. That, that That's a barrier to creating that as well, because safety has to come first. Right. It's like almost one month, you know, we will have been in this sort of pandemic for a year. Right. Think about yeah. that for a whole year. And, you know, the stress that puts on families and the stress that puts on your own family and your community of kids and your, you know, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think we don't, we don't, sometimes I don't think we stop and talk about it because we don't want to necessarily think about it. Right. But I think you're right. There is just this overarching idea or this thing over us about being safe. Right. But I think what we, what I found, what I think we found and we've talked about is that the way to build community are, there's just some key tenants and, you might have to go about them differently this year, right? You know, as I think about it, one of the things for me that I think about um, to build community is sharing and knowing your students. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, that's, and letting kids know you and let students know you. And so I think that hasn't changed no matter the setting, no matter if I'm virtual, no matter if I'm hybrid, no matter what the setting is, I think you all, I've had this year, had to increase the intentionality for sharing uh-huh. because I am remote. I've had to create more opportunities for students to share. But I will, I will, I will, I will say that I've also had this new opportunity to be in kids' homes and see kids. We had a day that we, one week, we had a week of sharing, I called it, and we shared our favorite stuffed animal. And then if we had a pet, we shared our pet. We would never get that opportunity. You might hear about a pet, but you right. might not get to see a kid's, a student's pet, right? A good point. We shared, we shared our bedrooms. We, uh, I moved into a new home and I shared that home with my students. My students never get, no. I mean, we no. always joke about when kids saw us at the store, right? right. The kids see, they're like, what are you doing not at school, right? No. And so I think, you know, it has really, um, it holds true that sharing and authentic knowing of your students, you know, knowing your students' favorite LOL doll or their favorite sport or their favorite team is the same, whether I teach remotely or I'm in person. But this year we've had to find new and creative ways to ensure that that happens because we can't rely on the other naturally that would, I think you called them in the last, those hallway conversations or we've talked about that before we yeah. we talked about we're we're missing those 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 transitions to the gym or to the lunchroom when kids tell you all these things about themselves right i don't have those same transitions so i think sharing and knowing your kids that's we know that we all know that that works we just might have to be creative that's right and we might have to allow more time for it i was just going to say that i think it's i'm listening to you say this and i think it's almost become more important um i don't know if you know a year from now mm-hmm. we'll say it was more important but more important to find those outlets for sharing and does that um help us even does that help relieve some of the pressures of the things going around us, going on around us when we know we have this community classroom community we can go to 
And even if I am distant and, and don't feel that physical connection, I know my teacher knows me. I know my classmates know me. I know it's a safe place. And, you know, it sounds like not only have you been able to do that, but it's become even more important this year to make sure that that's, that that's part of the structure. And you're right. It takes time. And so we need to have a little bit of understanding for our um, selves and our teachers that that might take time away from hitting those first um, benchmarks that first day while we're doing this. So, yeah. And how, you know, I think, I think we all, you know, just human nature, we all crave that connectivity right. and that, you know, one thing that happened from that week of sharing was, you know, the students were sharing and they had they had so many connections. You know, I teach my kids to do the shaka, which is, you know, the thumb and pinky up from Hawaii. Yes. I teach them to do that for connection, which I know many teachers do. And I, it was amazing to see how many kids were showing their connections. Mm. And these are students that have not been in the same room at all this school year. They haven't been in the same room, but they're having so many shared experiences, whether it is getting a Barbie for a holiday or a birthday, or whether it's their favorite meal is something else. Mm. Right. And I think, you know, even myself, I, I need to be connected to them during the day there, you know, I go into teaching because I want to be around students, right. around kids. Right. And so, um, I think you're totally right. That connectivity is, is key. And especially in these times, I think it has made us feel not alone in this crazy uncertain time that we're all navigating, whether my students are in second grade, they know it's different. You know, we were talking about ways you can help your community. And in the past, right, we would say, pick up trash, go to the park. And one of my students said, wear masks. That's how you can help your community, right? Times change and they change with it and they bring along with it. Like, it's okay. This is how I help out my community. So I think that's tried and true. I think that um, the second thing that we all know um, and can be reminded of is um, boundaries, clear boundaries for students and setting, you know, kind of along with that, those expectations or norms about what are the expectations in our classroom community. I think those itself build community. I think students need to know exactly where to be. Right. I mean, it's just like your child at home, which I'm much more aware of now as a parent than I think I ever was right um, in the beginning of my teaching. But it's this, you know, kids knowing what the expectation and part of creating those expectations. We did that the same this year uh, on the computer, making virtual expectations. Exactly. As we did in the classroom when we make our social contract, we made a social contract for virtual learning. Um and we've actually revisited it because I think in the beginning, you know, we came up with what we thought we needed. And then as the year went along, we decided there was something else that we needed. That's um, yeah. And those procedures, I'm, I, it's not always like a popular word, but I think procedures are so important in creating that community and having kids know what to expect, especially right now. Yes. Um, it's really funny in my classroom, Amy. Um, it's not that I'm on mute. But I, I often will start my start talking to them about something and I won't be presenting. And so my students are really great about um, reminding me, Miss Hirano, you're not you're not presenting. And it's so cute now that 
um, you've probably seen those memes or those things they have mugs that say you're on mute. Mine, yeah. my kids, my kids said, Miss Hirano, yours is going to say you're not presenting. <laughs> and they're totally right. Sometimes I'm so engrossed in the lesson that I, you know, I may have gone to a breakout room or I may have stopped presenting and then I just get right into it. And so, right. um, you know, the expectations of even just how to share, how to talk, how to, how to interrupt Miss Hirano when she's not presenting. Right. And you know that you've created those, those standards and those norms when your first graders are reminding you. That's like the key right there. Totally. Right. Are you, you know, it's, it's the same in the classroom when you would hear them saying what you would say, right? Yeah. <laughs> to another student, right? They would say, is that how we talk to each other? Is that one of our agreements? Right. That's, That's exactly right. right. That's when you say, my work here is done. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good for today. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think the one thing that I would say has happened this year with those expectations, it's almost elevated students in a way that they are advocating for themselves. I think huh. we've always, you know, worked to have kids, you know, you know, make them with us, believe in them, you know, you when we make mistakes, look back at it, those types of things. And this right. year, I feel like they've really advocated. Kids will ask questions this year and say, Miss Urano, can I just show you my screen so that you can see what I'm seeing? Because mm -hmm. they might not have the language of that, but they know th that they want to meet the expectation of completing their work, or they want to yeah. meet the expectation of um, understanding what they need to do. And that's been very empowering for them. So I hope that is something we take with us. What, what did you say before? We don't want to unlearn them. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to unlearn that. I think we have built a, we've built a generation of students, even at a kindergarten level, who can advocate for themselves yeah, when they're right. not understanding something. And that's because we're really building these expectations and kids are meeting them as they always are trying to. But I feel like we've given them this new voice in yep. the technology. And they don't need to unlearn that. They are, they're, they're succeeding at it because we've always known um, when we put the expectation somewhere, they will meet it. Yep. And I think I was, I definitely was worried um, at the beginning, you know, oh my gosh, our kids are going to be able to just be flexible and bounce in and out of this and that. And that they've been, they've, they've mastered it much better than the adults. So, right. They are, you know, it's, it's that old thing like, kids are resilient right and yep. they are flexible and they they are they're always watching what you're doing and if you're able to do that they're able to do that or you provide that environment yeah yeah you know like you said I, I think it's even like keeping their schedule like oh I gotta go here now mom or I need to go to this zoom meeting or you know at school today we were you know those types of things so yeah yes I think boundaries and expectations I think even more so creating them and this year being flexible if they need to be revisited. Sure. I think that's going to build the community. But it's also interesting with both of those so far, you know, I'm keeping tabs here and both with the sharing component in a classroom and building the boundaries component. So many things are different, but so much of it is exactly the same as any other year. So it's yeah. important. Yeah. Remember that. Um, you know, and I think the third key, which I think has probably been tested this year, is the whole idea of consistency. And I think it's been challenged for, I wouldn't say any, I would just say extraneous uh, influences, right? Versus being in hybrid or being in remote, right? Having to be flexible in that way. So we haven't been able to be as consistent with schedules. 
But I also think that as predictable as we can make, no matter what, where they're learning, as predictable as we can make that, we do. Because that's what helps kids. That's what builds community because that's what helps people feel safe, right? That's that the whole idea. And so no matter if you're in person or online, I know that teachers this year have been keeping their schedules as consistent as possible so that kids can, no matter what's going on, they can count on, I'm having morning meeting and then I'm going to be in training. That's right. And then I'm going to be going to specials and then I'm going to be doing this, right? I, I, I would say that is, is a major part of, the success that you can have in a building community is being consistent with the expectations, with time for sharing, yeah. with giving kids routine, right? And I, I think this is something I took from teaching into my parenting was being consistent. I think you're right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And you just know? Know, when I can't control, I might not be able to control everything that's going on, but are there a couple things each day that we can keep the same whether we're at home, in person, a little bit of both, whether our internet is working that day or not. Are there a couple things? Yeah. Are there a couple things that we can just count on when we wake up in the morning and when we go to bed at night? I think that is, that is the safety piece and that's going to help alleviate some of that pressure that kids are feeling from this looming pandemic. And adults, right? And adults. So I think you're right, Amy. I think, as much challenges that have been presented, I think teachers have risen and met the challenge and students have risen and met the challenges. But I think that, you know, the tried and true things that we all do for classroom management, our classroom um, community are still there. If I had to pick one, Amy, I would pick this year sharing and knowing your students. I think if I can give you a practical tip or I can remind you because you we 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 already know it. It just gets lost in sometimes all the hundred other million things teachers are doing. Right. Make time to share and really get to know your kids. Right. Take time to ask them how are they feeling. Ask them to talk about what do they think about COVID nineteen or what do they right. think about um, the pandemic or how are they feeling or you know one good way is to do it with emojis like have kids you know, put into Google or put into their seesaw assignment, just how they're doing and tell you about it. I think if, when we do that this year, we're going, you know, kids are going to have the best year. Right. And I think it's always true, but I think this year let's make time for that. And I think carrying forward, let's make time for that no matter where we go, because that is what makes a classroom community is knowing your kids and your kids knowing you. Well, and an added part, I think, of that you just made me think of is if we're going to make time for that as teachers in our classrooms, we need to share that with each other, not just you and I and the listeners, but we need to share with our co-teachers that that's something that's a priority and that we're doing that because our administrators and our parents need to know there's a reason why we're taking time for that. Um, There's a reason why bringing your stuffed animal to a Zoom call is important. I'm not just you know, screwing around. And I think we need to all speak on that together so that our administrators and our boards and our parents know that there's more than just learning our math facts that we have to be doing. Preach. 
Well, with that, thanks again for joining us in the copy room. We look forward to chatting with you again soon.